Forage availability. It's probably the biggest conversation happening between dairy nutritionist Henry Holdorf and the dairy farmers he works with. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Henry is with Purina Animal Nutrition, covering a good amount of terrain in Wisconsin. His team covers the northwest, southwest, and southeast portions of the state. We talk about the advice he's giving dairy farmers on how to track and stretch feed supply. With low alfalfa grass yields, um, we're looking at ways to stretch that inventory into, you know, next summer and spring. If they're not already using alternative feed products like cottonseed or, excuse me, whole cottonseed or soy hulls, brewer grains, corn gluten feed, you know, we're looking at whether those things price into the ration. When we look at those feed alternatives, do they have availability? Is that an okay supply chain? I have not seen any issues with cottonseed, corn gluten feed. I know sometimes there's some sporadic uh, availability issues with like brewer's grains, you know, if those plants are shutting down over holidays or have other, you know, worker shortages. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard so far of any issues on availability of those other ones. So aside from mixing in some feed alternatives, how else do you recommend livestock operations stretch their feed supply, and dairies in particular, because that's who you work with? You know, if we're we're trying to replace forage, that's kind of our option. But I think right now we also have the opportunity to assess our inventory and see how much we need to get for haylage, right, to get to next summer, and for corn silage to get the full year to, to 15 months. Um, if that's possible. And I think right now we have the opportunity to chop more, right? If if we have the acres available and maybe we're doing some cash cropping on the side and have those conversations around, do we need to chop some of those acres instead of putting them up for corn? Some other things, it's a little bit late in the game, but if people have taken off wheat this summer, if they were able to come back and plant in some some shorter day, quicker growing crops like a sorghum sedan grass, um, something like that. Let's talk corn silage. How do you feel so far about the quality coming in and about the yield? Yeah, it's a little bit early in the game to, to give an overall you know, assessment, but from what I've seen, I think it's actually pretty good. Um, I would say yields are probably down, but because they're down starch percentages, if you've got a decent ear on that corn is actually a lot higher than maybe someone would expect, you know, if they're thinking, oh, we've had a drought and it's not yielding as well. You're probably getting a similar mass of starch in that corn silage, but with the shorter stock, that percentage is going to go up. From a harvesting standpoint, I think that gives us an opportunity to go a little bit earlier. If we can, instead of waiting for that silage to dry down to, you know, 63% moisture, maybe we're starting at 70 and taking advantage of some improved fiber digestibility, maybe giving up a little bit of starch. But then we're also looking at improved starch digestibility with a wetter kernel. And, you know, with the dry weather, too, the material looks fairly clean. I haven't done any, you know, mycotoxin tests or anything like that yet, but just from a visual, visual perspective, it looks like good quality stuff. Something else you mentioned that I thought was interesting, some growers may find that chopping their corn for silage might bring more value than harvesting it as corn. Is that unique to this year? Do you expect that to be kind of a trend? I think with corn prices moderating, 
especially when we're thinking about corn silage. I think it's, you know, I, I think for every operation they should sit down and, and do the math and based on input costs on that crop. But in general, with corn prices moderating, I think that that's probably the right decision. Because how much of a farmer's inputs are on the feed bill on a normal year versus a drought year? In a drought year, it's definitely going to go up, right? Because if we're not getting the yields on corn silage that we normally do, every acre that we plant, we're getting less feed product from, So, which drives the average cost of it up, right? So definitely feed costs as a percentage of, of the cost of running the operation are going to go up. At that standpoint, I, was like, I, I wish I could. I can't give you a percentage because I'd be lying off the top of my head. What is your number one biggest advice that you've been giving so far this fall when it comes to helping dairy farmers manage their feed cost and their feed supply? I think the most valuable thing that we've been doing is, one, assessing forage inventory. We utilize a program where we use a drone to more accurately assess forage inventory volumes and then come up with density so that we get the best best accurate estimate that we can. So I think that's one area where you need to know where you are to be able to make decisions around what feed you may need to purchase or how much you need to harvest. Um, and then I think the, the second point is that we're always scrutinizing what feed products we're using. We're using... Ration balancing, ration balancing software is where we can optimize cost for a given level of performance. So I think that's something that we're always doing, but gets a little bit more scrutiny when milk prices are you know, low to intermediate and feed prices are going to be, well, you know, free, feed prices are, are moderating, but the cost of producing that feed like corn size is going up because we're not getting the yield. Is thinning the herd ever part of the conversation, Henry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, if you look at the data, you can see that cow call rates are up in the last a few months at least. And I think that part of that is depends on how critical you've been of, of cows in your herd in the past, if that makes sense. So if we've got some cows who maybe aren't paying their way, but they've just been hanging around because milk prices were really good, beef prices are really good right now, so there's probably an opportunity to to make some of those calling decisions. And then another thing you mentioned, Henry, using drones to help do feed assessments in the field. How new is that technology and what other technologies are nutritionists using to better hone in on their advice? Using a drone on forage inventory has probably been around for, I'm going to say like three or four years. Our team in Wisconsin started using one about a year ago. And that's been, I think, pretty valuable just you know, sometimes it's just giving a dairy producer the peace of mind that they have the amount of feed that they think they do, or maybe they have more or less than they thought. And we're just improving their ability to make those decisions. Parlor milk meters are a, a great thing. You know, not a, not a new technology by any means, but I think they're becoming more common on dairies that, you know, more quickly allow us to assess ration changes and whether they're having the intended impact or not. Additionally, here producers using those to assess cow health in a more timely manner. Maybe you're seeing changes in milk production in a, in a cow who's sick or becoming sick quicker than you would visually or by another monitoring system. Similarly to like uh, uh, activity monitors like 
the ear tag systems or collar systems, I think those are very valuable in helping with the animal husbandry side. What else is top of mind for you this time of year as a dairy nutritionist? Thinking about new crop corn silage. Um, if inventories have been tight and you're going into new crop corn silage a little bit earlier than you would hope, um, you know, if you can give yourself 30 days of fermentation on that, it's going to make a big difference. Um, and if you are going into it earlier than that, really working closely with your nutritionist to assess how much more starch you may need to feed to, to keep cows milking um, the way that they are, hopefully, so that we don't... Because that corn silage, right, if we've only got a week or two of fermentation on it, it's just not going to feed like something with 30, 60, 90 days on it. Henry Holdorf along with us, a dairy nutritionist with Purina Animal Nutrition, reminding us of the considerations to make if you're harvesting corn silage early. Also saying that technologies in the barn have made it easier for nutritionists and dairymen and women to scrutinize their cattle in a year where thinning the herd is turning into a viable option. He recommends you work closely with your nutritionist when you look at options to stretch your feed supply through the winter months. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.